Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. I put this one off for actual years because I just didn't feel able to discuss it. But now I do. Maybe? I don't know. Let's find out together as we talk finding our trans style. I'm Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, the only lady who routinely tells me I'm pretty, Susan Bridges. Hello! Our returning guest is Max, a screenwriter from Sonoma, California. Pursuing his childhood dream of making movies, he is now proud to call Los Angeles home. As a gay trans man, Max is passionate about bringing more gay and trans-centered stories to the forefront. Max writes character-based dramas, specifically stories that examine complicated relationship dynamics. Welcome back, Max. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Okay, so let's talk about screenwriting because we absolutely have that in common. How'd you get into it and how'd you settle on that being the path for you? So I, I'm like, unlike anyone else, I always love movies, but I I really, (laughs) I really always have loved movies and... I don't know, specifically, like, I don't know, just certain kinds of relationships. Like one of my favorite movies growing up, I think the first time I watched it, I was four or five, was My Fair Lady. And the sort of just relationship dynamics in that movie, I was like, whoa, this is wild. And it's pretty interesting to see how that type of relationship dynamic has played itself out multiple times in my own life and also in my writing so I don't know I just as I like got older and started experiencing my own life more I was like I want to write about this I could see this as a movie and I didn't immediately turn to screenwriting we just didn't really have a program like that at the college I was at Yeah, But I went to Sonoma State University and, but I was like, I did creative writing and I did like a bunch of fiction writing and wrote a bunch of short stories and stuff. And so it was always something I enjoyed and was good at, but then it was only like, maybe like towards the end of being in college where I was like, I want to be like a screenwriter. Like I want to work in the film industry. I want to make movies. Like it's always something that I like had this far up idea of I just never felt like I could access it for myself like it always felt like something was for other people but yeah I I had that same thing yeah I remember like talking about it with my with my husband and being like oh like if I could do anything if I could have anything I would if I was braver I would just like you know go to LA and try to make it in the movie industry he's like well why don't we just like do that then like (laughs) what's like why why even like you know like 
it was he was just very much like it's we don't have kids right now we just graduated we like he's a teacher so he can work anywhere so yeah we we did it and that's kind of how that worked out yeah susan and i hit that same realization because you know we initially lived in the midwest and it's like there's no real screenwriting presence there you think it's something other people do you don't even know how to get into it and i remember us thinking one day your sister was already living out here and we're like if she can do it wait a minute why can't we we could also live out there and try to make a go of of writing for movies and tv yeah you're you're giving me a look right her husband at the time was working in the military and yeah was going out to i don't know san diego yeah long beach something i don't know there's a lot of military i remember that we were like why does she get to live out there when she doesn't even want to be a writer (laughs) that's not fair Yeah, we we can do it. I mean, moving was another, you know, we were so poor. Yeah, it was at the height of of when we had almost no money. And but we saved up just enough to do it. And we didn't know how we were going to survive. But here we are. So grandparents, my grandparents helped a lot. Yeah, we moved 2000 miles and we sure did. Oh, and now we're all on strike. So (laughs) it's going great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. so. Max, what has been the most surprising thing about your transition? The most surprising thing? I don't know, like, this is such an obvious answer, but you know how when you're feeling something in a moment, or not even a moment, in a period of time, it's really hard to, like, feel like you're not going to feel that way for the rest of your life about something. Like, I always thought I would have the same relationship to certain issues in relation to myself being trans or just transness as a whole or whatever. I thought I would always have the same relationship to things and that I would always feel the same way about certain aspects of myself too. But it's just been very interesting to see like how, I don't know much things have fluctuated for me and how I've like gone through lots of different evolutions within the past seven years now. Yeah, I no, I totally get that because I remember like when I was just starting to transition and like you hope that it's going to alleviate dysphoria and it's going to make you feel better and make you feel at home and maybe you'll see yourself in the mirror, but you don't know. And so when it mm-hmm. finally starts to happen, it's like, it's it's a huge surprise because you've gone your whole life without that. And it's it's easy to fall into, well, it's always going to be this way and it's never going to get better. And you just have to figure out how to cope. And yeah, it was kind of mind blowing when things actually started getting better. I was like, wait, this is working. Oh, my God. I think, too, like I it took me like a minute to like. I really had to have a difficult moment of like, oh, just because I've like reached this certain benchmark that for me was this really big, big thing that I thought if I could just get to these things that were so big for me, but maybe to cis people were somewhat arbitrary in the end of it. Like if I, after I have top surgery, everyone's going to see me in this way everyone around me, 
and and like to see that some people were still kind of having the same sort of attitudes towards me that they had prior that was hard for me so kind of like I don't know for me having the sort of parallel experience I guess of like oh my god like I didn't realize I could ever actually look like this this is amazing this is yeah I wouldn't have done this ages ago (laughs) had I known it was an option but like also really having to like understand like that it not to sound fake deep but like the how much of the validation and self-worth stuff it really needs to come from within yourself and having that like confidence and acceptance within yourself because that piece of it for me took so long like so 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 long like I only reached that point that I and not to say I don't still struggle with aspects of it but I would say like I reached a point that I'm comfortable with about three years ago yeah it definitely takes a lot of time and you don't know when it's going to happen right or or if it ever will again one of those things where you're like it's a surprise when it does so I totally get that. It, it's a tough thing to to have to go through and not know, you know, where you're going to be on the other side or, or if you are going to get there, when that will happen. It's all just a bunch of unknowns all the way through. So that's fun. Okay. Yeah. So if you had one piece of advice for people just starting their transitions, what would it be? Just listen to yourself and be yourself. I mean, I I feel like that sounds so obvious and kind of cheesy but really just like I I think that's so important because like for me in the beginning the big I don't even really know what what is going on now for like for the youth but like I don't really know what's going on now but for me at age 20 the big thing was these trans guys on YouTube like these YouTubers and I just remember being like oh because they were the only like representations of trans masculinity that I had seen. I was like, Oh, I have to be like that. That's how I should dress. Mm. That's how I should be, which I'm like, it really doesn't make sense now. Cause like, I could have just looked at any guy on the street and (laughs) then, and and said that same thing, but it will know it was these really, I'm like, these were, these were YouTubers and just, okay. Okay. But yeah, no, like I, was really attached a large sense of my identity in the first several months which felt like an eternity of my transition to this really small group of like trans guy youtubers and I think a lot of people did at that time I at least speaking for people in the trans masculine community, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess I wish in hindsight, I wish that I had just kind of been like, what do I want to be? What do, what do I want yeah. to look like? What do I want to dress like? Cause it was, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. No, I get it. Because I think even there, there are a lot of expectations uh, no matter where you fall on the gender spectrum when you're transitioning to to your true self. And a lot of people will lay expectations on you and say, you know, you're not really 
trans if you don't do X, Y, and Z. And that's always, you know, complete garbage. There's no one right way to do it. All that's important is being true to yourself and who you are. So I think that is a great piece of advice. You, you said it very well. Thank you. Okay. And before we dive into this week's topic, remind people where they can find you online afterwards if they would like to check out Max. Not necessarily in that way, but <laughs> anyway, okay. In whatever way you want. Okay. But anyway, my Instagram is the best place to find me. It's max.lukey, so M-A-X dot L-U-Q-U-E. Excellent. All right, so let's get into this topic. For trans people who transition as adults, figuring out our style is something of a giant puzzle. Well, I I presume there are some lucky trans folks who thought their style would be X. They transitioned and tried on X, and it was a perfect magic happy land. But it certainly wasn't that way for me, and I imagine trans kids in welcoming environments who can socially transition at home go through something similar, although depending on how early they know, they may luckily spend most of their lives without this issue. Every person goes through different phases or eras of style in their life. Our thoughts and opinions and tastes change throughout our lives. So changing the way you want to present yourself and your hair and your clothes, shoes, and more are constantly evolving, and that that makes sense. But for some of us trans folks who transition as adults, we're basically starting from scratch. Getting to choose the clothes I actually wanted for the first time in my life was overwhelming, especially transitioning from traditionally male-flavored clothing to traditionally female-flavored clothing. The options were just unending. And while women's clothing has a whole host of issues, variety and choice isn't one of them. But it definitely is for men's clothing, and if you'd like more info on that, see the Trans Tuesday on Heavily Gendered Clothes and Trans People, episode 15 of this show. So before I began my social transition, which I knew was coming at a certain date, which I've talked about before, I spent hours, days probably, just browsing women's clothes online, trying to find out what I'd want to wear, what was or wasn't available in my sizes, and so on. And when I started buying them, I was just throwing everything at the wall to see what would stick. I mean, there was stuff I knew I absolutely had no interest in wearing, but there was a lot of stuff I just wasn't sure about or was intrigued by, but I had no frame of reference. So I just got the stuff I liked and hoped all would be well. All was not well. I mean, it was nothing catastrophic, but I had no idea how difficult it would be. And one of the big reasons was that I was still having difficulty separating clothes I thought women looked great in from clothes I would look great in or that I wanted to wear, which is absolutely 100% part of the Trans Tuesday on sexuality is not gender. You can see right in there that I thought my remarkable affinity for bows was in seeing them on women, which it is, but it's also a very deep part of that my own subconscious desires to be the one wearing them. I wanted to ask if you ran into that issue, Max, where you saw clothes that you thought guys looked good in, but didn't realize it was a desire to be the one wearing those clothes. Yeah, definitely. I remember I was, well, because it was like both kind of like, because my husband like he always asks me for like input when he's buying clothes and I remember being like it's so much more fun buying clothes for Jay than it is like for me I hate shopping for myself like I love shopping for Jay and it's because it was like it just was easier I like for so many reasons and like I it was some of the stuff that I would like 
pick for him or like help him with it wasn't even necessarily stuff that I would wear because it's more his vibe than my vibe but like I just didn't feel the sense of anxiety and dread in the men's yeah. section because it was where I was supposed to be and yeah I also like in high school and in college like I was like totally obsessed with One Direction and I remember they would have these like not matching outfits but like they'd be like coordinated sort of outfits and I remember being like oh wow like they're so cool they're so cool like they're so hot like and <laughs> like but it wasn't just because I was like oh like I'm attracted to them it was like oh I also wish that I was able to like wear some of yep. these clothes just in my normal life like obviously like they were like a boy band and much of it was probably like over the top but for like the most part they wore just like normal clothes like that you would just see someone wear and um I was like oh yeah wish that I was comfortable in what I was wearing lol but I was not yeah yeah that is also very familiar I have been there and also okay look Women's clothes are designed with cis women in mind. I think I talked about this a bit back in the Trans Tuesday on clothes, but I had to buy extra big women's jeans so that there was um, enough room in the crotch for equipment cis ladies don't have. Over time, and as HRT changed things and my tucking shifted, I was able to size them down to what's actually appropriate for my waist. If you need a refresher on HRT or tucking and binding, please see their respective Trans Tuesdays. And you can see me talking about the way tucking changed for me in the Trans Tuesday on Trans Freedom and, believe it or not, Underwear, episode 25 of this show. But for a long time, I just didn't have any hips. I have some small ones now, which I talked a bit about in my three-year retrospective, which you can hear as episode 29, but I still don't really have much of a butt. So my jeans are often a little baggy back there. And skirts, okay, skirts I, got, I, I really like. But guess what? Many cuts and styles are made for cis women who have hips. And so without much in the way of hips to speak of, they looked terrible on me. They accentuated just how little to no hips I had. But then I learned about A-line skirts and swing dresses and to the ladies out there, trans or cis, without much in the way of hips, those are built to flare out at the waist and so they make it look like you do have hips. That was a game changer. Max, I wanted to ask if you've run into clothes that were made with cis men in mind that just don't look the way on you that you would want them to. Literally, like, all shorts, pretty much. Oh. Which is rough. Like, with a few exceptions. But, like, it's hard because, you know, in addition to being trans, I'm also Latino, which... To generalize, like, we're not the tallest of folks out there, generally. Like, my dad's not that tall. And also, like, I'm not, like, I don't have, like, a large body. Like, I'm I'm pretty small. And so, you're, you know, you can imagine how shorts look. Like, I feel like my legs just look so tiny in them. And they look just comically large around my thighs. Like, even on, like, the waist will be fine. But the, like, my thighs just, like, don't look normal in them at all. So that is always challenging for me. Or they fit just, like, way longer than they are meant to. Yeah. There are a lot of really yeah. long men's shorts. Yeah, I was just going to ask about that because it's, like, this... 
thing. I think it's probably somehow tied in with uh, toxic masculinity, but like men's shorts are all generally pretty long. Like short shorts or even moderately short shorts for men are kind of hard to come by. And so if you're not very tall, I was wondering if that also is kind of an issue for you. Are they all like way too long to actually be effective shorts? <laughs> I am so not a supporter of the long shorts movement. Yeah. I yeah. just have to be very honest. I'm like above the knee, above the knee, above the knee, everyone. But I, yeah, I don't know. Like it, I feel like when I'm like, okay, lengthwise, these seem fine. It's, it's like the thigh issue where it's just like, they're not, right. but I feel like I finally now have a really actually good amount of shorts and weirdly, like three of them are hand-me-downs from my little brother. <laughs> oh, that's cute though. That is. It is cute. It is cute. Actually, <laughs> a lot of my like shirts that I have are like hand-me-downs from him. So like, Yeah. It's it's nice. And he has a good sense of style, which is cool. But even better. Like, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I don't know. That that's that's one kind of article of clothing that I it's just hard for me. And also just like formal wear is difficult to find stuff that adequately fits because I feel like a lot of times like shirts or just like whatever, like again, like my body's like small. So I'm like okay, extra small and, you know, size 26 waist. So I'm just buying tiny clothes, but when it's formal wear, it's like, it's like a different situation. Like, I feel like it's just so hard for me to find something that actually fits. So I just got married a few months ago and I had severe anxiety about, I'm like, what am I going to wear? How's it going to work? what's going to happen? Yeah. What if, cause I'm like, I don't want to look different than he looks like when it's happening. I want us to right. have like matching situations. Like it worked out really well, but I just, you know, I had to get like my shirt had to get like totally like tailored, like, right. Like Tailoring the heck out of. it is the solution to so many things. Seriously. You know what that costs? Money. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, let me just tell you that you are right. It looked great on you because I saw the pictures you posted and you look wonderful. Thank you. Yes. Okay, so while I was going through all of these clothes I had, trying to figure out what I liked for me and not just seeing other women in and what also looked good on me with my body type and shape. And then I had to figure out what style of those things I liked. And I wanted but, to just yes. say, I kind of understood where you were coming from, like trying to figure all of this stuff out. Yeah. Because I actually did not figure out my style until very late because I was raised in a very conservative Christian household and I was not allowed to basically choose my clothing right. until I moved out. So That's then you rough. were starting from scratch. It was very complicated. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a running gag out there among some folks about how trans women, especially those who are newly out, have zero fashion style or sense or fashion sense or style. Whichever way I messed that up, it's fine. Let's just move on. But like, <laughs> this is why we have to figure it all out. And cis women get their whole lives to do that, or at least half of their lives, like for Susan. <laughs> but, you know, give us a break, Diet. We're doing the best we can. And as I've also mentioned many times, I didn't get to be a little girl or a teen girl or even a young adult woman. 
Does a trans woman's style go through those phases as we experience all we missed out on? I don't know. Maybe this stuff is all complicated to figure out. And, you know, like I just said, what all of that takes, time and money. I'm super busy and I'm not rich, but I still have a lot more than a lot of trans people, which is a privilege that I talked about in the Trans Tuesday on that very topic last week in episode 32. I was trying to think of the best way to show you my style evolution over time, and I think one of the best ways is with my glasses. And the easiest spot to show you that is in my transition timeline photo that I posted with the aforementioned three years out and on HRT retrospective. In the pre-transition photo, those are the kind of incredibly understated and bland glasses I had my whole life up until I began my social transition. They tracked completely with the clothes I was wearing then, mostly utilitarian stuff that was baggy and hid my body. Anything that would not draw attention to myself anyway, because that was the last thing I wanted. I talked a bit about that in the Trans Tuesday on Confidence, which was episode 31 of this show. The glasses in my day one and one year in, in the timeline pics are the same. A kind of colorful floral print, but the shape is still very gender neutral. It's asinine that even glasses are gendered in our society, by the way, but the fact of the matter is that they very much are. And so were my clothes at the time. I mean, I had women's clothes, but a lot of them were less overtly feminine, or were feminine in subtle ways, or even gender-neutral stuff I just didn't have the courage to wear before transition. I had a second set of glasses at this time, a subtle cat-eye purple wireframe pair. I ended up not liking the metal, but also they felt bolder, and so I wore them much less often. I wasn't yet ready for the extra attention I worried they'd bring. They show up in very few of my selfies. They were not very bold. <laughs> no, but they were for where I had yeah. been my whole life. They were. Yeah. Yeah. At the two year pick, you can see I'd upgraded to a brighter pink cat eye pair of glasses and also have a lot more feminine top on. That's time I also had a pair of blue and white cat eye glasses. At my last eye exam, my prescription changed, which of course meant it was time for new glasses. And I discovered my previous pairs were somehow much more subtle than I wanted. I wanted ones that were bright, that were fun, that screened Tilly to the whole world. And so you see my very large iridescent white cat eyeglasses in the three-year timeline photo. And of course, the pair that always get the most comments from everyone in person and in every selfie they appear in, my large fuchsia heart-shaped cat eyeglasses. And that has 100% been my entire style evolution over time. It's gotten brighter, more feminine, more form-fitting, but also sometimes it's sporty, again, like the top I'm wearing in the last photo in the transition timeline. But I wanted the top to be just a titch more feminine, which the lace from my bra peeking out accomplished nicely. It's all a game of adjustments. So Max, have you finally settled on your style, or is it still evolving? Did it end up where you thought it would be when you started? I think, I mean, like, obviously, like, with time and how trends change and stuff, like, it will yeah. always evolve in that way. Of but course. I think it's pretty solidly where it's going to be. And, yeah, I mean, it's not where I thought it was going to be when I first, first started. Like, when I first, first started, I, it was like, I was dressing entirely different than I do now. But yeah. I just... I was working with what I had like and also yeah. like I was looking at what like these straight trans guy YouTubers were like all wearing and I don't know why I was like oh that's how I have to dress I'm like no girl it's not why did you think that but it just was like this thing that I had in my head or something and yeah like those 
I'm sure that you can relate to this, but like the other way, obviously, like I would read those things that were like, and watch those videos that were like, clothes you can wear to be read as male and this and this and wear a hat and wear like this and wear this. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but it was just so not me. And I think yeah. that I kind of figured that out within like, I don't know, the first like, six to nine months ish of transition and then after that I I would say like after having top surgery I finally became more comfortable like wearing different clothes and I think I was making more money at my job at that time too so I was able to like get more stuff and I got I think more hand-me-downs for my brother. So like, I just was like, okay, like I'm feeling more like I know what I'm doing and who I am. And like some of the stuff I look back on, like what I wore, I'm like, oh, that's not necessarily what I would wear now. But like, it also was like six years ago. So I I think that I, I figured it out pretty quick. And then- I would say in the past, like, since really meeting my partner, Michael, I have just kind of relaxed more into what I actually like legit want to wear all the time, rather than feeling like I'm like, putting on, I don't know, different kind of, I don't know, presentation of myself than actually is what's inside I don't even know if that makes sense but like I used to very much dress like how because I was just going out with all these older cis guys and like they were very weirdly specific about how they thought people should dress and how they not telling me what to wear but like not not you know what I'm saying so I just absolutely felt pulled in that kind of way but then when I met Michael I was like oh you don't this is an older cis guy who is not putting down this kind of energy at all and he dresses super laid back super casual super just like whatever and I don't know I feel like he just made me chill out so much more about myself that's great yeah I think there's also a thing too like especially when you're early on in transition and you're you're still going through a lot of changes and you don't really know who you're going to be or what you're going to look like on the other side. And so I think it's really hard to know then too what your style is going to be because you're not sure who who you are, who you're going to, you know, end up as on the other side of it or even in the middle of it. So it's a it's a really complicated thing to figure out. And some of my difficulty was in figuring out if I wanted to be girly or badass or feminine or sporty. And to our regular listeners, you've already spotted what happened to me, didn't you? Because what I discovered in trying to unravel all of this was, despite being fully aware of its existence, the false dichotomy had again ensnared me. See episode 11 of this show for more info. Of course, I don't have to be girly or badass. I don't have to be feminine or sporty. I can be all of it anytime I want. Which means I can have these very attention-getting girly white platform boots with lots of buckles that have an iridescent metallic hearts on them. But I can also have black buckled boots that are great for kicking someone's ass in a sci-fi movie. (laughs) Yes, you can see photos of both of them in the text versions of this Trans Tuesday. 
And sometimes I can be girly and feminine and badass and sporty all at once and wear a bright iridescent nail polish while wearing a fighting glove and a bright pink exercise top. I mean, generally only when I'm out running. But in any case, I say this a lot. It's kind of like a mantra, but maybe it actually should be. There's no one right way to be trans. There's no one right way to socially transition. There's no one right way to medically transition. There's no one right way to be a woman or a man or non-binary. There's no one right way to dress. Your style can literally be anything you want it to be. Thank you for being here, Max. Thank you so much again for having me. Don't let society force you into wearing stuff you don't want to. And it's okay to figure it out as you go, as long as you get to where you want to be at the end. Just be your authentic, fabulous self. Tilly Bridges and Transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Jillian Morgan. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at tillybridges at mastodon.social, at facebook.com slash Tilly S. Bridges, and on Insta at heck yeah Tilly Bridges. And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at tillystranstuesdays.com. For more information, visit pendantaudio.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>